Well, hey, mamas. How are you? I'm actually sitting here talking to you guys from our lodge in Gatlinburg this weekend. My husband and I are meeting up with his brother and sister-in-law and their family for a weekend getaway in the mountains. Well, something like that. We have the kiddos with us, but we'll keep them plenty busy. Tonight, I am joined by Miss Jill Oden. Jill is a realtor here in my hometown, and we got connected through like a local women's networking Facebook group, and turns out, because this is frequent happening in the South, that she actually works with my realtor and knows her well. Small world. Jill has an amazing story about overcoming obstacles and really falling in love with the pursuit of leading a fulfilling life. I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Memoirs from the Minivan Podcast. Well, hey, Jill. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I'm I'm good. I'm super excited for our chat um, because I feel like you have a really awesome story just of overcoming, not giving up, um, not staying where you are, but really always looking ahead and moving forward. Um, and I was really touched by like, you know, we've all got childhood stories, but I was definitely touched by your story and could relate to just not growing up with a whole lot. Um, so can you tell listeners a little bit about that part of your story? Um, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I know that I've kind of told you that I'm a closet listener, so <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm talking to a celebrity right now. Oh, my goodness. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little weird for me to kind of go back and talk about my childhood. Honestly, um, it's something that I don't always talk about often and mm. Um, some days it doesn't even feel like that part of my life happened. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. Um, it's not until I kind of go back there in my head that I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I was that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, kind of a brief history about me. I was born in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, my mom was a single mom from day one. So we struggled. We didn't have a lot. She was an apartment manager. Um, if I'm correct, she probably had a couple of jobs, and um, my dad was never in the picture. Um, we kind of bounced around from different apartments. At one point, we lived in a trailer, and um, I don't remember any homes that we lived in until my mom got married. She was married twice before she met my um, stepdad, who really is my dad. Um, he's such an incredible man, and she mm-hmm. met him when I was 11 years old. Um, I went to three different elementary schools, three different middle schools, two different high schools. Um, so I just never really had any kind of stability or consistency growing up, Yeah. Um, which really had an effect on me. I needed attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of a rebellious child, and I always wanted to do the next cool thing, whether it was stealing from a store or um, smoking cigarettes, you know, all before really in elementary school. So before I ever went to middle school, um, I was kind of starting those habits um, to lead myself down a path of destruction. Sure. Um, 
when I got to middle school, um, I got involved with people that I shouldn't have been involved with, and I was very um, promiscuous and hanging out with the boys, and um, I was fighting. I, I loved to fight. Like, I was the... And if you met me now, you would be like, what in the world? I mean, I'm five foot nothing, and I weighed less than 100 pounds my whole life. So, um, well, not my whole life until I became an adult. But, you know, I was, I was this tiny little girl, but sure. my principal used to call me spark plug because <laughs> it was, anything would set me off, and I was fighting, and my friends, oh, man. and I was the girl that they would call to, to get in these fights. Um, so um, I just really kind of lived however I wanted to live. I didn't I didn't obey adults. I didn't have any respect for adults. I didn't have any respect for myself. And I kind of just lived one of those lives that you wouldn't expect me to become anything. You wouldn't expect mm-hmm. me to become a mom, let alone a good mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just appreciate you sharing that because um, transparency is hard. And I think... Um, it made me, when I was reading through your email, you were like, I'm just a little crazy, but here's why. And I, it just reminded me of that quote from one of my favorite Sandra Bullock movies, Hope Floats. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Um, but she says in that movie, you know, mama always said childhood is the best time or greatest time of your life. I always said childhood's what you spend the rest of your life trying to get over. Um, and I, you know, I relate to that. I think a lot of people do, but, um, can you relate to that? Like, how does that speak to you? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, and it's kind of funny because when I look back at how I felt as a child, I never really felt like life was too weird or too crazy or too different from the way that other children live. Um, it really wasn't until I was an adult that I looked back and I thought, Oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) what I was doing was not normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know what you don't know. So, I mean, when you don't know anything else or have lived outside of just that circle, um, you know, it's just hard hard to know anything else. So, um, well, I wanted to talk about your career and how you have gotten to be like an incredibly successful realtor. And you mentioned when um, we were kind of chatting about what we wanted to talk about that you've been named like um, or nominated or named best, like one of the best realtors in Robertson County. And like your story is just awesome. And so um, sometimes I think it's easy for us to just look at somebody else's life and just think, wow, she must have it so easy or, you know, that must be nice or um, not really thinking about what the story, you know, could look like. Um, so can you share just a little bit about like your journey career wise kind of after, you know, high school and everything where you started and how you kind of got to the success that you have now? Sure. Um, and I think even today knowing how, um, where I'm at and, um, you know, what we consider success and I think that I I also look at people sometimes and I think those same thoughts mm. man they just have their lives together they're so pretty and they're so smart and everything is perfect and I forget that sometimes people may look at my life and think the same thing yeah 
Um, but I can tell you that getting here for me was definitely anything but easy. Yeah. Um, I never really had anything handed to me. Um, you know, my parents helped me out every once in a while when I was really struggling and life was really hard, but they never gave me anything. Yeah. Um, I was always expected to give it back to them, and I, I'm truly thankful that they did that for me because I don't think that I would be where I am today had they not taught me those really tough lessons sure. as I became an adult. Um, so kind of taking it back into 2002, at that point of my life, I had failed the ninth grade twice, um, not necessarily because I wasn't teachable, but because I just felt that I didn't need school. I wouldn't show up, and um, I was always, quote-unquote, sick, and I just, being stuck in a high school setting with the... Um, reputation that I had and the struggles internally that I went through, it just was not for me. So so there I was, I failed the ninth grade twice and I go to my mom and I tell her, I don't want to go to school anymore. Uh, I want to drop out and I want to go get my GED. And so I did that in 2002 and then I went on to take my SATs and get accepted into college at uh, West Virginia University, which to be honest, at the time, the reason that I picked that school is because it was a very well-known party school, <laughs> and um, and I just thought I was going to go to college, and I was going to live in these dorms, and I was going to party, and I was going to get my degree, and that's not quite what happened. So after a semester of that and realizing truly being stuck in a classroom was not for me and that I needed to figure something else out with my life, I left, dropped out of uh West Virginia and went back to Virginia Beach where my parents were living and at that time um, they told me you know you're an adult you need to become an adult and do adult things so one of those things was getting an apartment stepping out on my own getting a job taking on these responsibilities so I started to do that and moved in with a roommate and my life really started spiraling I'm sorry, my life really started spiraling at that point because I had all this freedom and I could party um, and I was meeting different guys every week, um, sometimes every night. I was just a very wild person at that time, um, someone that I see in pictures that I still hold on to, and I, I don't even recognize that person. Sure. Um, so the end, that was now we're in 2003, so at the end of that summer, my first summer in my apartment and getting a little taste of all that craziness, um, I ended up finding out that I was pregnant, and I was pregnant by a, a guy that I wasn't even dating, and really, to be honest, didn't have any intentions of dating. Um, later on, he did become my husband, but at the time, that was not the plan. Right. So, um, my life really, I can remember, I, I found out I was in a Burger King restroom when I found out that I was pregnant. Wow. And a friend of mine was with me, and I just sat there, 18-year-old Jill, 
sobbing and crying, and I was a hostess at a restaurant making $5.15 an hour, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and how I was going to have this baby. Um, and I ended up telling my parents, you know, me and my roommate got into a big fight and I needed to move back home. I didn't tell them at the time I was pregnant. And I, I really felt hopeless at that time. I thought my life was over. Um, but what I realized very quickly after is that truly my life had just begun in that moment. Everything mm-hmm. that happened before that day, that wasn't living, that wasn't life. It was everything from that day forward that was um, life. Yeah. So um, my parents, now we're in 2004, I had Ethan, and my parents were all that I had. My friends didn't really want to hang out with me anymore, and I had my ex-husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, Ethan's dad. We lived in a little tiny two-bedroom apartment. We struggled really bad. My parents came to us and said, we're moving to Tennessee. And I just felt, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, I'm now, now my parents are leaving me. And um, Nick was in the military, so he was gonna be gone on a deployment and I was gonna be all alone. And it didn't take very long. Shortly after in 2005, October of 2005, I told Nick then, I said, you get out of the military, we gotta go to Tennessee, I can't do this anymore. Sure. So I moved here, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working at a hotel, made $9.25 an hour, I think it was, just a little over $9. I was doing night auditing at that time. I was working from 11 p.m. until 7 a.m., so the hours were really rough. I ended up finding another job. I was Tyson Foods, and I started working in inventory accounting there. Uh, And then that ended up leading me to getting an inventory accounting job with Dollar General, which... To me, at that moment, when I started working at Dollar General, I felt like I had achieved so much. Yeah. And I, I think they, they, at this pay cut, I was making maybe $9 even at that point for that job, but I just thought, here I am. I'm in corporate America. I've made it. Right. And, um, and as I started working there, I started working with the merchandising team there, and realized that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a merchandising assistant. I wanted to help buyers with their daily tasks. So my goal still then, my aspirations felt really big, but looking back, my aspirations were not very big. (laughs) So I was going to do it. So I started working alongside with them, and I started saying, what can I do to help make your life easier? Hey, do you mind showing me that? Can you tell me how I can run this system? And when the time came open for a merchandising assistant position, um, I made sense for the job because they didn't really have to train me. I already kind of knew it because I had already started asking the person that was in that position yeah, that's awesome. to train me. Yeah. So um, when I did that, I, they put me on a salary, which was like, big deal, here I am. Oh, like, yeah, you've salary. made it. <laughs> $32,000 that year and it was the most amount of money I had ever made. We didn't struggle. We ter- we kept our lights on all year. We weren't behind on bills. It was fantastic. About a year later, going in, I had my daughter 
in 2011, December 2011, March of 2012, another bomb got dropped on me. My husband, the father of all three of my kids, um, I found out about multiple affairs that he had had. And my daughter was three months old, and then my son Noah was six, four, he was four, and then Ethan was eight at this point. So um, found that out a couple months later, I, I filed for divorce, and here I am, a single mom, three kids, and I make $32,000 an hour. Suddenly, it didn't feel like enough anymore. Sure. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. So I went back to exactly what I did to get my $32,000 a year job, and that was to go to the next level and ask them, train me, show me what you need. How can I be better? What can I do to get ready for this? How can I make your life easier today um, to prepare you for your next position so that I can come in and fill your role when you're gone? And that's exactly what I did. And um, I was promoted into that position. Um, And then again, into another position and into my final position at Dollar General, um, which at that point I was making close to six figures a year. So I had really made it and truly to this day, I really still feel like I had really made it. I mean, that's incredible for someone who has a GED, a ninth grade, not even a ninth grade education, really I have an eighth grade education because I never passed the ninth grade and um, no college degree to be in that role. So I felt really good. Uh, so, yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> I just have it to. Was, it was great. Yeah, I just have to say, like, listening to you, um, you are just inspiring. You know, everything you went through, and you know, I feel like there's so many people in our world who are constantly like, "I need somebody to help me." You know, I need somebody to give me an opportunity, and you. Like, listening to you, like, I found something that worked, and I went to that next person, and I just asked them, train me so that, you know, let me serve you. Let me help you get promoted to your next position in service to others. But strategically, you knew if you could learn to do that, that it would make sense. Like, that type of tenacity and, like, work ethic is just, it's it's not common, I would say. And, um... I just have to commend you, like, just listening to you, um, that strategy that you had that you just didn't give up and you just kept climbing the ladder. Um, it's just awesome. Thank you. And I, and some of it just had to do, I didn't have a choice. Right. I wasn't going backwards in life. Yeah. And I was sure I wasn't going to stay where I was at. So a lot of it, and I think sometimes when we have to be put into those into those positions in life where the whole world comes crashing down on you so that you will go to the next level <laughs> totally. you have no choice there's nowhere else to go but up yeah and that's kind of where I kept finding myself over and over and over um and even again in 2015 here I am feeling like I'm secure. I'm a solar general. Like, this place is never going down. There's one on every corner. Right. I'm set. I'm secure. And if I did this one position for the rest of my life, I'm perfectly fine and happy. And then October 2015, I get 
called into my boss's office right around 7.30 in the morning. And he tells me that the company is getting restructured. And there's 250 people that are being laid off. And he hands me an envelope. And he tells me, here's your severance package. Your position's being eliminated. And you have an hour to clean your desk. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, once again, it was just like, oh, my whole world, life was over. What was I going to do? I The depression that I went, when I, I'm telling you, we could talk for hours about the how much of my life I gave to that company. Just my, I poured my heart and soul into it. Sure. Um, it, that, they were my family. That was my company. That was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I probably put too much of my self-worth into mm. Dollar General. Um, and it's still, it's a fantastic company, and I know they did what they had to do, and it, and it made sense. My, my position being eliminated made perfect sense, but it, it was devastating. And um, it was shortly after, two weeks later, I was offered another position still at Dollar General, in a com- different capacity, making um, the same salary. And about six months in, it just felt empty. It was no longer, I no longer wanted to give my life to the company. I yeah. knew what I meant to them, which wasn't much. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that I could, I was so, they could just get rid of me so easily. It, it wasn't a good feeling for me. So at that point, I ended up leaving that job and took on another position as a national account executive with a candy company, which was great. And when I was with Dollar General, I worked in, on the candy side, and I really had a passion for candy, which I know sounds weird, but <laughs> it's what makes everybody happy. Everybody right? loves candy. <laughs> it's unique and it's fun, and it's just a happy industry to work in. So I took this candy job, and I was traveling every month to candy shows, and I, but I was leaving my kids, and um, I, I was in a relationship that had kind of ended, and started dating my husband. Well, it didn't kind of end. It did end, and I started dating the man who's now my husband. And I just knew that if I wanted to be able to become his wife one day and I wanted my kids to be happy, that I had to be home. Sure. And I sat down one night and I was journaling. What made me happy? What is my passion? And I started to write down things like community, bringing people together, having people... Um, having women feel a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. because it was something that I never felt. I never felt like I belonged anywhere. Even when I moved to Tennessee, I wasn't from here and trying to make friends in a small town is hard. Yeah. So I always kind of felt like I don't belong. I don't, I mean, I don't have friends. I, I want friendships, and I was writing these things down, and I wanted to serve my community, and I wanted to make it a better place to live. And I wanted a place where other women felt comfortable enough to come and serve the community alongside me. And at the time, what made sense to me, because I was had a merchandising background, was to open a boutique. 
So in 2017, I left my job with the candy company and I opened my boutique called Seven on West in White House. And um, it was great. We had, we did tons within the community. I met so many incredible women. But, and at the same time, I was going and I was getting my real estate license kind of dabble in it and have some fun on the side and HGTV kind of stuff. That's what I pictured it being. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, is not at all. But uh, in 2018, January of 2018, the, we had a really bad ice storm and one of the pipes in the boutique burst and the boutique flooded. And it was a few thousand dollars in damage that took place um, and I had a falling out with my landlord over it and in June I decided that I was going to close the doors and I was going to take on real estate full time. It was really a hard decision because I didn't know if real estate was something that I was going to be passionate about with sure. it being part time and I didn't know how I was going to fulfill what I really felt like was my purpose of bringing people together and providing that community, which is hilarious because that's what real estate agents do. We build totally. our community. Totally. <laughs> but at the time, I didn't see that. So, um, anyway, what I what I discovered as I started thinking of new ideas of how I was going to take everything I was doing inside of the store and bringing it outside of the store continuing down that path of fulfilling my purpose and then real and real estate into it, what I discovered was that I had another purpose and that purpose was to give families an opportunity that I didn't have as a child. Stability, a home, a place that they could build memories in and that the more that I did that and the more that I offered that and the more that I focused on not so much becoming successful or making more money or whatever we look at success you know in different ways when I didn't focus on those things and I truly focused on I'm going to give people a sense of pride I'm going to help them have memories with their families in one home um my, my entire world changed yeah. I mean I I'm living every single day I get to wake up it's not I have to wake up and I have to work it's I get to wake up and I get to live a completely purposeful and happy fulfilling life and at the same time I get to make money and I get to feed my kids and take them on vacations and provide a home for them and give them all of the things that I never had as a child. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love all of that. Um, I think it's so important to acknowledge the story, you know, um, no matter what they look like, no matter how dark or abnormal or how traumatic or how hurtful our stories, um, like you said a couple times while you were just sharing that, like acknowledging you wouldn't be who you are, where you are without some of the things, some of the lessons that you learned, you know, from some of that. Um, I just... 
I just love the piece about how you are giving families something you never had, which is that consistency and belonging and one home and like a place to just build these memories. I, I just absolutely love that. Yeah. And it truly, um, it, it's so important to me because my parents didn't own a home until they moved to Tennessee. All I was right. already an adult by then. I already had sure. my child by then. So to, to help especially young families. I mean, we all want to sell that million-dollar home because that's just really cool. <laughs> yeah, right. The, to, to sell those $200,000 homes and to help young families, families just starting out, and not only with the home aspect of it, but the financial investment that owning your own home provides. For because sure. You can live in an apartment for 10 years, and when you move out of that apartment, you're not going to get anything. Yeah. But when you live in your home for 10 years and you move out, you can get a nice chunk of You can get a whole salary's worth of money. Absolutely. Um, if yeah. you wanted to and save it and invest it in something yeah. else. So it, it's more than just the home, although that's my passion. There's so much more to it than that as well. Totally. You said something about, you know, you dealt with a lot of just depression and feeling like you were just knocked down again. What would you say to a mom, um, or really any woman in general, but who just feels that right now? She's just in that dark place. She's down. She feels like she just can't get a break. You know, what would you tell her? I think, I think I would say that as cliche as it sounds, sometimes God lets good things fall apart so that better things can come together. Um, it's just proven over and over again in my life and in other people's lives. Um, I would tell them, don't sit there in that depressed state. It's so easy to feel sorry for yourself. It's so easy to um, go back to old habits. And you, if you do that, then you can't move forward. I would say stop telling yourself that your life is over. Figure out what feeds your soul, what it is that makes your heart pitter-patter. Give yourself a purpose, and then go out and figure out how you're going to pay the bills by fulfilling that purpose. Um, I think that everybody has an incredible life out there waiting for them, Mm. but they just have to get off the couch and go after it. And the only way to do that is to not stay in that sad place. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, I know we talked a lot about your career and what kind of got you to this point. I did want to talk about, you know, your role as a mom. Um, If you've been in Tennessee long enough, probably mama. (laughs) Um, And just like how motherhood has really shaped and impacted your life. Oh, man. Um, Like I kind of said, before obviously becoming a mom was the moment that my life really began and it gave me a reason to wake up every day it gave me a reason to push through um all of my kids are so different in their own unique way I think that it has taught me patience um, Amen to that. Me that, <laughs> that people learn differently that 
the way you act differently. I think that for a period of my life, I expected everybody to kind of fit my mold, and but I never fit anybody's mold, you know, but I would get mad when nobody fit mine. Sure. And, and raising kids and seeing how different, I now I'm a stepmom, and, and I have a, two incredible stepchildren, and then my three children, and all five of our kids completely different personalities and I I would say that the biggest way that motherhood has molded me Mm -hmm. would just be that I I'm trying to find the words I'm more accepting and I'm more passionate and and or compassionate and give people a lot more grace because Mm -hmm. I see it in my own children and I see it of course in my own life that they need that sure I think one of the big things that I took away you know from your email and then you've you just reiterated that as well that after your son was born that's when your life really began to change and that the whole trajectory really pivoted there and I always think it's interesting what God does with our kiddos um I think that sometimes we, like, can't even see our own potential until we figure out that we want to model something different for our kids, right? Like, we want a different future for them. We want a different path for our kids. And there's something about motherhood that, like, gives you the courage to move forward in a way that maybe we couldn't even do for ourselves, Absolutely. Um, I think I used to say uh, Ethan saved me, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it wasn't Ethan that saved me. It's not his responsibility to save me. Um, truly, God saved me by giving me the most precious gift of my child. And although I spent my entire life not caring if I let other people down, there's something about letting God down and letting your child down. Yep. You just, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So it really, um, although at the time did not feel like the best thing that could have happened to me, it truly, truly was. Because I'm not sure where I would be today had I not gotten pregnant. Right. Yeah. I don't want to wrap up. <laughs> I just want to keep talking to you because your story is just so touching and you know, you just your willingness to share it and just be vulnerable is so beautiful and um I just really thank you for that. I know there are mamas who are really going to be going to be blessed by that. And so um I know we talked a little bit about, you know, that mom who's dealing with depression. Um but as far as like figuring out your dreams, You know, I feel like I've kind of been on my own journey the past, like, year, a little over a year, really trying to reconnect with what you talked about, like, what makes your heart go pitter-patter, and what are those things that stir something in you. Um, So for that mom or that person who's searching and all she can see right now is, like, the kids in her lap and the bills on her kitchen table... um, what can you say to just encourage her to, to how to find those dreams or to how to find those passions? Um, I think it starts really with journaling. I, and even if you're not a journaler and um, 
just writing things down and and understanding throughout the day what are things that you do throughout the day what is something that you do whether even if it's for someone else and not necessarily for yourself but you feel a sense of joy from doing that action what is that Mm. and then kind of build on that and it's not going to happen overnight I think that so often when we think about what we want to be when we grow up and what we want to do we want it to happen tomorrow and that's sure. just not the reality yeah um it, it's not it doesn't happen overnight you know my first year of real estate I, oh man i didn't make hardly any money i didn't sell hardly any houses and right. my second year i sold twice as much as my first year and then my third year twice as much as my second year so it's but it's it takes years and it takes dedication and it takes showing up. So my my piece of advice would be to show up every single day and do one thing that gets you one step closer to your goal. Um, I, I think that when you take the small steps, when you fail and you stand back up, when you... Um, you know, change your mind. There, there's times that you, you can tell throughout my story, changing my mind through my career, what I was going to do, where I was going to be, and what, what am I going to do next? Um, just knowing that it's okay, give yourself grace, and know that tomorrow you're one step closer to the life that you're going to live and that you're in that fulfilling life. If you would have asked me 10 years ago where I would be today, there's no way in heck I could even come up with an answer close to this. Sure. <laughs> Selling sure. real estate and being with friends all the time and going on trips and um, being on a podcast and <laughs> you know, my brand new office because we just bought our new home. I met, this, this was something that people like smart rich beautiful people did not people like me Mm. and um and but here I am here I am doing it so I I just want anyone mom dad kid you know man 12 year old me the 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 17 year old 16 year old 15 year old that just found out they were pregnant I just want them to know that this is only a part of your story it's not the finish it's not the whole thing it's just the beginning and just hang in there and in 10 years um i hope that i'll be able to hear them on your podcast mm, <laughs> I, love their that. Story. I love that well i just thank you for agreeing to be part of the podcast and i'm so glad we kind of got connected just through that little local like working women's facebook group in our little hometown and um but i just really loved getting a glimpse into your story and um so you're a business owner and realtor and so if there are families that are listening and they're looking (laughs) for an amazing realtor how would they find you um sure they can find me on facebook you can look up the jill kelly team and that'll pop up on Facebook. Of course, Jill Kelly Odin, if you want to be on my personal page. And then my website is www.keystomemories.com. Awesome. 
Well, I will make sure that I post that link um, when I post the, the link to the episode so that people can find you if you guys need an awesome realtor who cares about you finding your forever home to build memories and belonging. I think you just found her. So um, it's been a real pleasure to hear your story, and I've just been so Thank encouraged. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate you, and thanks for dealing with my ums and my ahs and my trying to talk through this. <laughs> I love it. It was perfect. Wow. I just love her. She and I definitely made plans to get together for lunch or something um, after COVID is no longer a thing. Her story is so powerful and she's such an amazing story of not giving up and really being intentional about knowing what makes you tick. And so I just, I love what she said about journaling Pay attention to what moves you. Pay attention to what you're passionate about. And then figure out a way to pay the bills with those things, right? So good. Well, I love that you joined me today on this episode. And if you have mamas in your life that you think have such a a great story, um, I would love to connect with them. So you can uh, message us on Facebook or on Instagram. It's just memoirs from the minivan. If you're not following um, there, please give us a thumbs up or a like on there. Um, Or you can also email me at memoirsfromtheminivan at gmail.com to get connected there as well. So I hope you have a great day or evening or weekend. I don't know when you have time in your life to catch a 40-minute podcast, but I know mine ranges. And (laughs) so whatever your day or evening looks like, I appreciate you taking the time to share it with me. So thanks for joining Jill and I tonight on this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan podcast.